Okay. So I have been for like two weeks now sitting on a bomb. Yes, you mentioned which it. Which is something I haven't been able to say the news in an airport segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've been holding it off and now is the time. Is it an atom bomb? It oh. is a it's a black atom bomb. <laughs> All right, let's so, hear it. I saw this movie two days ago. Mm-hmm. Monday night. Mm-hmm. Which was not when I was originally supposed to see it. I had Brienne and I on October whatever it was, eleven days before the release, had tickets to a eleven day early screening. And what? and guess who was going to be there for photos and meet and greet along with the free food. So there was going to be food and then an early screening of black Adam after hanging out with meeting and greeting and then sit and watching the film with Leonard Nimoy, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Ah, damn. So close. So I was, but we were supposed to meet the rock and then see an early screening of black Adam. And it was right in the thick of when I had COVID. (laughs) Yeah. I got screwed so bad. Yeah. You could have like slipped him uh, a link to the podcast, mm-hmm. got an interview, and yeah. So, <sighs> so it you, sucks. You you done screwed up. So, so either way, I wasn't we're going here to, with the Movie Men podcast. Yeah, either way, I wasn't going to tell you. And no, no like I was rock. going to wait until like the plan was always to drop this bomb on you. Mm-hmm. But what the bomb was supposed to be was, uh, I actually saw this movie two weeks ago, and you're going to be like, what? And then I was going to pull my phone out and show you a picture of The Rock and I. Ah, and that would have been, been so good. life-changing. So I'm very disappointed that that didn't pan out. Like, like mm-hmm. earth-shatteringly disappointed. That's, that's, that, would, that sucks. Ah, but hello and welcome. Yeah. As I've mentioned, we're the Movie Man Podcast. The B-Team. The B-Team. My name is Brady. I'm Carl. And... Uh, this isn't this isn't your first new release, but it's your first like first new release review with as the podcast an, as an official. It is your first as team. we're like you know bringing yeah. you in as our yeah our intern. not my first rodeo, but my first time riding the bull. Yeah, as our your first one as or, or as, the rodeo cl- are we the clown are you is the team the clowns or the bulls or the well rodeo? I don't know like it's a weird analogy because technically like technically speaking you're like mine and Pete's employee. So I don't know, like, we're, we're not paying you. So I'm the clown. But, like, you're the clown. <laughs> I'm the yeah. clown. I'm we're the, the guys clown. selling tickets. And you're the, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I like I said, I saw this movie. I saw Black Adam. By the way, spoilers for Black Adam, yeah. obviously. If you haven't seen it, this is a spoiler review. We're not going to beat around the bush. Um, yeah. We're just going to, you know, flat out. If you're not new to this show, then that goes without saying. If you are, then what, you know. Why, why haven't you watched the earlier yeah. listened to the earlier episodes yeah if you don't already know Dwayne the Rock Johnson is bald uh, yep. spoilers yep and many more many many more spoilers to come um, so <clears throat> I saw this movie two days ago you I like, literally just saw just got out a few of it. hours ago and I happened Less to be I happened ago. to be in town and I was like hey instead of recording tomorrow through the interwebs do you want to sit down and do it and i said yeah you want to do the do and you're like yeah man let's do it um so let's do some initial impressions so starting out 
we, so we've i mean we've talked about this film we talked about it uh we've talked about we knew what the post we didn't know all the details of the post credit scene but we knew like what the big reveal of the post credit scene was going yeah. to be um and we also knew that the critics are not loving this right the rotten tomato guys are not so but the fan scores are off the charts. They're not so horny about the, the, the Black Adam. No, yeah, and the fans seem to love it. So I went into this as blank slated as I possibly could. Um, I I still don't fully know. I'm, I'm hoping by the end of this podcast, once I have a chance to like talk it out a little bit more, I will have a better idea of what I think of this film. There are, are a lot of moments that are amazing, and there's a lot of moments that I kind of rolled my eyes at or felt a little gratuitous or I, like I take issue with. Um, but all in all, I will say, the last thing I'll say is, is a part of my initial impression is I did have fun. Like, whether yeah. it's a good movie or not, I walked out of the theater and I thought was, to myself, that was fun. Yeah, and I would say my, my viewing experience... Like and this is fresh. I haven't really had time to process a lot of what I watched. Yeah, but yeah, like I enjoyed it. It was it was good. I think like just trying mm. to process it now. Yeah, uh, for the podcast in the moment, there are a few things that I was kind of nitpicky about. I think. Yeah, uh, it's a few things that fell flat, but overall, it was it was a fun film, and I really enjoyed it. It is fun. Yeah. Um. So let's. Let's get into cast and characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously Dwayne the Rock Johnson is Black Adam. Yep. Uh, I don't I yeah, I I mean first of all how can you go wrong with the Rock? I mean they got the guy to play the flipping tooth fairy and that even that was entertaining. He's got the look. He's got the look. Like in terms of si- like he and I can't remember if we talked about this on the uh in the news podcast but like he was he was cast for this fifteen years ago. He was and born for this. Like there was a there, I saw years I saw ago. a picture on Facebook of uh, him in the year he was cast, yeah. and him now beside a picture of him now, and he's like twice the size. He like gained double the amount of muscle mass, and he was already a big guy. Yeah, like he but, was not a small dude. But he definitely then. discovered protein. Powder, yeah, whey yeah. protein between yeah, he, then and now. He he's, he got a lot more jacked in the last fifteen years. Yeah, almost like he was doing it just for this role. <laughs> yeah, so he's got the look. Um, yeah. As far as our other heroes, um, your thoughts on Hawkman? Oh, just the, the whole JSA. So <clears throat> I'm not as. Uh, I wouldn't say versed, but like I haven't dove as deep into the the DC, DC stuff. cinematic stuff. Uh, I've seen all the movies, yeah, uh, but I have not seen all the shows. I've I've barely even scratched the I've the surface of the shows. Yeah, I mean, there's a like, different continuity. Yeah, but like the Arrowverse stuff you're talking about, the CW shows. But they they have overlapped, or, or they're going to overlap. In um, the, I think the only it, right? overlap was because I mean most of the CW shows have been axed now after okay, yeah. Zaslav took over at Warner Brothers. I think the only overlap was that 
in one of the big crossover events they did, like their Crisis on Infinite Earth or whatever, um, Ezra Miller shows up as the Flash. Right. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's another so, universe. It's an Elseworld okay. thing. Yeah, it's another... Yeah. Because um, so, otherwise, so how do you watch, explain watching to... Watching the film, I was kind of like, is there... How much overlap with the, sh- the show is there? Right. Because the, the shows are there. and that So that answers that question for me. And that being said, one of the big wins for this, I thought, for me, was... They, they treated the audience like uh, they didn't treat us like idiots. They were just like, you know, you've, you've already gotten several, you got, we got Superman, we got Superman, Batman, we got justice league, not justice league. Yeah. Justice league. Justice league. Yeah. <laughs> this two the, versions of it. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten uh, two wonder womans, uh, one Aquaman, another one on the way. Shazam. Shazam, Shazam, another Shazam on the way. Yeah. You know, like Blue Beetle on the way. Blue Be- but, but in terms of content that's already out. Right. We've already gotten quite a bit. We got two, uh, which um, ones that play two, really well. Two suicide this, squads. Two suicide squads, which play into this really heavy because of Amanda Waller. I, do you think they're trying to make Amanda Waller like the, uh, she's clearly like the Nick Fury of. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Anyway, my point is they don't treat us like idiots. They're just like we've we've already built a, a world where super powered individuals exist, and they don't necessarily dive in. They, they they treat us like hey, you know, like here's Doctor Fate, here's Adam Smasher, here's and we get a quick glimpse and a little bit of an explanation about where their powers kind of come from sort of and they do it in the amanda waller reading off like files kind of way a little bit and a little bit through conversation yeah uh but your initial exposition but there's no like they don't there's no um origin story for each one of these characters and yeah and something i talked about in our news podcast was i thought you know maybe they missed the mark they should have done it like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, all these characters have their, but then I did, I believe I did say that, you know, like these side characters, they don't, they don't need it. Just introduce them. Yeah. Treat, treat the audience like they're intelligent people. And, and and that's what they did. And I, I loved it for that. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Um, You didn't answer the question. What do you think of Hawkman? Oh, Hawkman. (laughs) I thought they did Hawkman good. Well, um, Hawkman's had a few different sort of origin stories yeah. and iterations. Uh, and th- again, because we don't go into that origin story, we don't really know. I, I, that's, that's great. That's fine. Like yeah. he's Which, just, he's just got power. He's got the Hawkman powers. He can fly. He's strong. He's got his, uh, I think it's, I wrote it down. It allows them to metal. do whatever yeah, they want. His nth metal, uh, He's got his nth metal, which is in all of his stuff, yeah. which is super strong alien metal. So, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it allows them to do pretty much whatever they want with the character, which is kind of, you know, is kind of with a couple of like cardinal sins is something that I've always believed in. Because here's the thing. If people, people get bent out of shape because like, oh, the movie's not exactly like the comics and it's like well because a this is a this is a 
new iteration. This is a cinematic iteration. And and B, the comics do this all the time and nobody gets bent out, out of shape. If they release a Captain America comic tomorrow and Captain America and they decide to to do sort of like a different origin for them and put a fun spin on it and and change the character up, people go, that's, Oh, okay, it's a different that's Captain not, America that's in the comics. Not true. <laughs> Like, no, no, that's not true at all. Uh, comic fans, <laughs> you might be an exception here, but I know I fall into this vein. Most comic fans, like if Batman didn't become Batman by his parents dying, but because his aunt well, and uncle that's a cardinal died, sin. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like they're, but that's that's what I'm talking. Like origin stories, like for the most part, especially for core characters, uh, sort of the the A A class heroes that that we know and love. Yeah. You can't you can't mess with them too much. No, like but I mean you- Superman in the 90s some I can't remember the the what caused it, but essentially he became two split individuals, a red Superman and a blue Superman and they gave him electric powers instead of his normal power set. And it's like yeah, people were like up in arms about it in terms of the Yeah, fandom. but his but Superman's powers, see what matters about Superman is like where he's from what happened to his home planet and because it's superman the fact that he's a man um aside from that like it does not you know people will get up in arms but clark kent not working at the daily planet the daily planet is not it's a it's a part of his character but it's not integral to the superman character right it it isn't integral to the character but Which it's means so you can ingrained. It. It's yes, but it's so ingrained in in the canon of who he is. Yeah, but that's boring. That's that, it's just telling the same story over and over and over and over and over. But it, but it's but you're you're saying that by that logic, the him being a reporter is the story, and that's not the story of Superman. No, that's but just, it's that's a just part his job. Every his, story his of job, Superman. His job so is switch it up. His job is not that important. Shouldn't be that important to whatever the story is, right? But and it shouldn't be, which means you, there's no reason to change it. But if they do receive, but here's the that's a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's not important. I was to about the to story, say the same thing to you, <laughs> which is why it's toxic. That if they do change it, to quote Heath Ledger as the Joker, everybody loses their minds, and it's like okay, it does not matter, yeah. right? Another example would be if, you know, if they decided that they are going to, like, now that there was clearly a Robin in the DCEU, there was clearly at least a Dick Grayson, because we see hanging in the Batcave the mutilated thing, which actually means there was probably a Jason Todd. There was probably Jason Todd's. We'll see that thing. this is that's your assumption because right, that right, Jason right. Todd. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying type, it was but, probably not guaranteed, yeah. but it was probably. Now, if they, if, for those who don't know, in the comics, part of Jason Todd's Robin origin story is that he's kind of a dipshit and he gets caught stealing the tires, trying to steal the tires off the Batmobile. Now, if the DCEU, and maybe this will make me unpopular, and I don't give a shit, if the DCEU decides to show like they're going to lean into this maybe they're going to give us a red hood thing and so we kind of need to revisit some of the jason todd stuff if they decide in flashbacks to show the origin 
of Jason Todd's Robin. And instead of him getting caught stealing tires off the Batmobile, he gets caught stealing tires off of Bruce Wayne's Lamborghini. Diehard toxic comic book fans are going to lose their shit and go, that's not the way it happened in the comics. And I'm going to sit here and say, right, but it doesn't flipping matter. Because the same guy found him doing basically the same thing, and we have the same outcome. So I would be one of those people to argue against you. And we're getting off the topic of Black Adam here. Yeah, so let's wrap this up. But But, so as just a final counterpoint to that, like in that that case, like this is that double-edged sword again. Because you can make that argument that it's not that crucial. But at the same time, the reason him stealing the Batmobile's tires is is important is because that's impressive. That's gutsy. It shows that he's in ingenuity. He's yeah. got his ingenuity because Batman's got countermeasures on the Batmobile. So somehow he had needed to circumvent those to be able to steal the tires. Some teenager stealing tires off of a random car is not as impressive. Well, Lamborghini or Ferrari, <laughs> but, but listen, but you get my point. Like, I, yeah, no, I Bruce think, Wayne, I think our, slash Batman isn't going to be as impressed with somebody stealing car tires off yeah. his civilian car as he is off of the yeah. Batmobile. I think, um, and and we'll loop back to this at the end of of our review of Black Adam. But I think something that we do as fans is that we see that they're going to make X change, and or we talk about them potentially making X change and we go, well, you can't do that because you know, X, Y, Z. And because then this doesn't work and that doesn't work. And what we do and and in doing that, sometimes we are showing a complete lack of faith in the director, the writers, the what, because it's like, look, you uh, might see, you might, you might get one little out of context nugget of information and you, you get very upset and you think this is so stupid and it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, and let, until you see the film, you don't know what it is they're going to do with this story. You don't know how they're going to use that. You don't know, like, and, and we will talk about it at the end when we talk about the post credit scene, because a big argument of yours last week on the movie news show was that it didn't make a lot of sense narratively to have Superman show up in the post credit scene. And although I will still agree that narratively, maybe Shazam makes some more sense. When, when we were talking about Superman showing up, not making a lot of narrative sense, we were doing just that. We had one piece of information, which was Superman shows up. We didn't know what the story was. We didn't know why he shows up. We didn't know what the setup for that was. And so without the context, without knowing what they're doing from a story standpoint, where they're going to take it, we were like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of narrative sense. I was like, it still makes business sense and it's the right move, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make all the narrative sense in the world. Whereas I, I think the post, like what they did with Amanda Waller and all this stuff in this, in this movie turned me around a little bit i think still shazam narratively makes more sense but superman if this is the path they're going in does make a hell of a lot of sense with Mm -hmm. the story they're telling yeah 
So, yeah. and so, and I do concede that adapting print media of any form to a video media got to be changes. There's, there has to be some. It's it's an adaption. <clears throat> yeah. So you can't be precise. Some stuff just doesn't translate also, well to film. Th- yeah. But that being said, staying as close to the source material as possible does all gives you gives the creators a lot of um uh what's the word a lot of um support from the fans of the original material and and it can work which we have seen done time and time again yeah in the marvel universe i i think either way and we got to get back to black adam but i do think that that is a representation right or wrong I do think that that's a representation that fans are a little narrow-minded, a little closed-minded. Because well, if I'm if I'm a yeah. creator, if I'm a writer, if I'm a director, and I know that there is one version and one version alone of this character that is going to be accepted, what a creative shackle. What a set of handcuffs that we are so closed-minded that we're like... No, that's stupid. You should never. That was never. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And that's not what Wayne Manor looks like. No, but it's a bitch in Wayne Manor. So what do you do? like? We're shut gonna, up we're and have enjoy to it. Agree to disagree. I yeah, think. and that's fine. And that <laughs> is fine. So, um, getting back to Black Adam. Yeah. What about the others? So we've got Adam Smasher. We've got Cyclone. Cyclone. Um, who I I'm unfamiliar with. So either this is a newer either. character to the dc or he's she's such a kind of a small character in the comics yeah and like i don't even the closest thing in my mind that we have that i know of that i've seen in dc is red tornado yes and he's he's a robot relatively similar power set but also very different from a character standpoint um i so for those who don't know and, and you can answer this as well like yeah, so I hadn't I hadn't heard of Cyclone either. Um, when it comes to comic book knowledge with DC, I would say I'm a two out of ten. I really don't know. Yeah, I'm a little a lower lot. on the totem pole there as well. When it comes to Marvel, I would say I'm a seven seven point five out of ten. When it comes to so. I'm a two out of 10 with DC, except for Batman. When it comes to Batman, <laughs> I'm like a nine out of 10. I won't say 10 out of 10. Cause there's certainly people out there who, you know, who know, like, I don't there's know somebody mu- who knows. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like I, you know, it, admittedly every time someone talks about like the Asriel becoming Batman storyline or whatever, I just kind of smile and nod. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch, haven't watched, will not apologize, but I do at some point want to get around to it. I've never watched Batman Beyond. I just haven't. Really? I just oh, haven't. Oh, man. I, I'm excited. Like, out. Will Friedle plays Terry McGinnis, and I'm a big Will Friedle fan, so, like, I will definitely get around yeah, to it. That's good. Especially how they close that whole series out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, you know, this series came out when I was, like, a teenager, yeah. and I was, like, into girls. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and Batman Beyond was not the I I, I wasn't sure what was going to get me two girls, but I was pretty damn sure it wasn't Batman Beyond. Yeah. Um, so she felt like if uh, either she's a creation for the film, which is really cool, yeah, or she is like a really small 
part character in the comics, which feels like um, what they did with uh, what's that girl from Deadpool? Um, oh, um, a very similar. I'm very horrible with names. Yeah, very so similar power this set is again. Happen a lot. Um, I guess unless I ever written down the one. But, she's like she's just oh not a similar power no, set. She's like different. lucky. I'm no, just like no. super lucky. That I'm, that's not who I'm talking about. The the, the X Men girl that shows up with Colossus. Oh, uh, Negasonic Warhead. Negasonic Warhead. Yeah. Teenage Warhead. That's who it felt because yeah. she's she's a, when when as far as I understand it, she's a pretty new created character in the comics when that film came wow. out. That's the great thing about so, X Men. It's like, oh, we need a character. Well, okay, just, let me open yeah, up the file. We appear to have seven thousand of them. Yeah. Which one would you like? Yeah. So everyone's it, a mutant. It, it, uh, it either way, really cool. I thought she was a great part. Mm. Had a had a fun role in the film. Mm-hmm. Her and the new Adam Smasher. Yeah, <laughs> because apparently he's inherited this gift from his uncle. Which no, was was it his uncle uh, or his dad? I think, I think it was his, his uncle, wasn't it? I don't know. I think he said uncle. Either way. Yeah. Uh, which I again I was cool with. It was kind of like it was kind of like in Suicide Squad. We had we didn't have Ratcatcher. We had Ratcatcher two, yeah, and that was that was cool. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm all for this. Um, the big one to talk about though is Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate was cool, which is a big character. That was that not was not really just cool. in the comics, but specifically in the JSL. Yeah, JSL. Did I say that right? JLS. JLS. Justice League Society. Justice JSA. Justice Society of America. Yeah, JSA. Which, I mean, like, you know, so arguably, and this is brought up several times in this film, oh, the Justice League or Justice Society of America, eh? What are you doing here? Not your country. Yeah. Not your problem. But, yeah. Bugger off. The JSA is like an older organization in the DC Comics. They're like the original Justice League. Yeah, the original Justice League. Yeah. Which, which again, is alluded to a little bit between Hawkman and and Dr. Fate's conversations. Maybe they did a whole a thing. Did you watch Smallville? No. Oh, well, okay. I watched, I've watched some of Smallville. There was like, I think there was like a whole season or season and a half dedicated to the JSA. The JSA. Yeah. We see Dr. Fate so, and stuff in that. Yeah. Dr. Fate was really cool. Like weird, complicated power set. I th- uh, Pierce Brosnan nailed it. Yeah. He did a great job. Essentially the powers come from the helmet. Yeah, it's an alien helmet. Um, yeah, and the helmet... He's possessed, they say. When he puts yeah. it on, he, he becomes possessed. In the... I, I know I know Dr. Fate best from the animated Justice League and, uh, show. That's what I love about you. Because how old were you when that f- freaking show came out? I was, a, I was an adult. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about you. <laughs> it's, it's a great show. I, there's, there's like, there are shows, there are animated shows that you're up to date on that even Kevin Smith is like, no, man, I'm in, like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, he essentially the helmet ta- is, has its own personality. When the wearer puts it on, in, in the cartoon anyway, it takes over. Yeah. And that doesn't happen here, which is it see, which of, is weird because they imply kind of that it a does. little bit. Yeah, but it obviously did it. But they didn't really lean into that. No. No. And then when he's inside, like when he's communicating with Black Adam. Yeah, he definitely he definitely has control of his mental capacities when he's got yeah. the helmet on and he's using the powers. I wish they'd leaned which, into that a little heavier. Yeah, it would have been cooler if like they brought in like another voice actor to voice over or 
alter Pierce Brosnan's voice or get him to change his voice somehow to be a little bit more menacing or something. Or, yeah. Or, or, uh, godlike or whatever kind of like and without spoilers but kind of like we see from a certain lord of the rings character in uh the season finale of rings of power where we're just like we're we're adjusting the eq on your voice to make it a little deeper a little so i was a little that was one of my little nitpicky things i was like that that doesn't seem true to what the character said and even the canon they they, they kind of set up and and tell talking about the helmet in some but, ways though does it make him a slightly cooler character because he's no longer just like an issue that i've always had with dr fate is like oh, okay so this guy is really just like a puppet like he's just a meat suit for this helmet he's a meat suit for well in, in the in the animated i don't i i could be wrong here but i don't think i am <laughs> Just a caveat. <laughs> my there. W- my wife would probably say I'm wrong here, but I'm usually never wrong. So <laughs> yeah, um, the 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 helmet isn't uh, normally canonically f- from a different planet. It's actually no. like a celestial kind of gift to. Doesn't that mean another to, planet? Celestial. Well, you know what I mean. Like a, a yeah, god. Yeah. Like it's it, it it's. I guess it's like an like a god alien type or god angel angelic type thing. Yeah, is what it's, celestial it's is. um. It's kind of like uh, oh. it's just it's just super ancient and super mystical and super kind of yeah. like the wizards Be, being with, being horrible with with names again. There's, there's I'm a, Brady. There's there's character there's a character in the um uh in the DC universe that uh, is all about like, killing people that deserve to die. He's got like a green hood. He's pale white. Uh, he's kind of spectral in nature. Nature. Hmm. I can't remember his name. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell. Um, but for those that know what I'm talking about, that's <laughs> they already know what I'm trying to say about yeah. where the helmet's origins are come from. Um, for those that don't, I Some guess. Some ancient guy. We're, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a kind of a spirit, spiritual, godly, celestial kind of power imbued in the helmet. And the helmet is sentient and all right. that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. It's even got its own like genie realm that the, the user can enter. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And we don't dive into that because, well, Dr. Fate's not the, not uh, the main character, not the main character, which no. is fine. Yeah. Which, so speaking, speaking about delving into things, not delving into things, I think the runtime is spot on. I wouldn't want it to be any longer. Um, and I, I was never sitting there going, is it over yet? Like for me, the pacing was good. Yeah. It didn't really drag. I don't think. No. Um, if I watched it again, I could probably feel, pick out a few scenes or plot lines that could have got cut instead to trim it a bit more, but see, and that's interesting to me. I think it it was, it was fine. That's interesting to me. That didn't bother me. Cause I wouldn't want it to be any longer. However, I felt like, and this is my first like major criticism here, so strap yourself in. I felt like of the two hours that is this film, two hours and change, probably 57% of it is gratuitous action. I felt, I walked out of this movie, oh, or even every, like- Every time Black Adam's taken out- uh, 
mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I just felt like sometimes the amount of like, you know, like we would finish a crazy action scene. I mean, the action scenes are fun. And I think for the most part, the visual effects are on point. So it wasn't like ugly and annoying to look at. But every time an action, so an action scene would end and like five minutes later, it would be obvious that we were starting another action scene. And I feel like at times it was at the expense of a little bit more character development, going a little bit deeper with some of these characters. We get it a bit when we find out that Black Adam is not who everyone thinks he is, right? Everyone thinks that he's actually his son. Which, now that you bring that up, like... Quick wait, 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 wait. We'll get to that. Oh, wait, hang on. Hang that on. Because that's going right. to be a whole right. thing. All we'll right. talk about that next. But, uh, so we get some character development there. Right. But I just, like, there wasn't... We don't really get any character development with the mother. We really don't get... Like, the the, the character that the mother is at the beginning of this movie is basically the same character that yeah, she is at she the doesn't, end. She doesn't change or grow. The boy doesn't change or grow. Not the really. boy gains a little bit of courage, but he's already... He's shown gains, to be pretty brave and ballsy to begin with. But he doesn't he doesn't really overcome any adversities. No. He doesn't right any of his own wrongs. No. Um Dr. Fate, he's heroic. He makes a big sacrifice, but he doesn't he doesn't have a aha moment. Hmm. Um same with Adam Smasher and Cyclone. Hawkman Certainly sees a lot of he's one of the characters that they yeah they he has some growth he, he has changes. An, he definitely has a definitive arc. And certainly Black Adam does just in the okay, I'm going to chill out a little. Well, I, more than I'm not gonna he, kill. he's got he has a role to play. He, I'm going he wasn't to given this power by his son yeah, for I'm, no reason. I'm gonna he, listen to the nagging voice. Excuse me. That was gross. I'm going to listen to the nagging voice that is telling me to save people. But that's it. There's really, like, as far as, like, because we've gotten some comic book movies. You walk out from and you're like, wow. Not only was that fun, not only was it beautiful to look at, not only was it, it like, action-packed and exciting, but that was deep. Like, there's some rich... Yeah like existential questions asked and like some some really There's some profound good, good stuff development. that was missing in this film for me. Yeah. It was it, it was, was just a it was it just was a, a little shallow in that end. Yeah. This was it felt this which, was fight scene pornography is this, what this, this is. This might be like that fifteen year gap and I think we might have alluded to this a little bit in our yeah uh news conversations. Yeah it it de- but it it does feel dated a little bit instead of feeling like a film that from a substance standpoint is made for young adults and adults it felt like it was weird it, it felt like a movie that was made for kids but way too violent <laughs> like yeah. it was a Which, movie made for kids but they forgot to not put blood and arms being ripped off and in, in terms of the the violence though the there was quite a bit, and it was pretty good to do this. I was surprised the they things, got the rating they got with the of, amount of... One of the things I really appreciated, though, was they show a lot, but at the same time, they leave a lot up to the imagination. And that sure. when 
Black Adam first goes to town on the mercenaries. Yeah. We get that cool slow-mo scene kind of uh, like we kind of that um, quick, quick silver esque thing from yep. X-Men, yep. the X-Men movies where he's moving normal pace and everyone else is slow-mo and he's doing all kinds of cool stuff. That was cool. It was very cool. We never get that again, which is no. awesome. We just see the destruction. So like, when he's tearing up the mercenaries in the apartment building, saving the kid, it just it just happens. And we see it from like the yeah. kid's point of view. And they've already set up what it is that Black Adam is experiencing when this happens, so we don't need to see yeah. it again. So it's like it was it was really cool. It's just like he's just killing these guys. That we just see electricity and explosions of dust and it's just like, okay, these guys are getting torn apart and, and evaporated by lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the um, bike chase scene. Speaking felt of a little long, torn apart and evaporated by lightning. The first time that happens in that like prison tomb thing. Yeah, I was literally in the back of my head. Like I couldn't control it. It just popped into my head. I heard James Earl Jones saying, "I said no disintegration." It's <laughs> <laughs> like yes. Um, yeah. So the so two things have felt tacky to me didn't make any sense and sort of plummeted this film into that 15 years ago um rise of the silver surfer kind of era yeah was one was the the bikes i'm like there's no, like this that's pretty advanced technology yeah i'm like wait so they, this they even is like set in the same universe space and time yeah i'm like this is set in the same universe as like wonder woman and stuff i we've never seen technology yeah. like this why is batman not using something yeah like where this? did this come from this makes this makes what yeah this makes what batman has look outdated and lame yeah like what is happening so that i was like uh that's it doesn't make any sense um and the other probably the only moment in this film that I really rolled my eyes and I was like, ugh, this is so stupid, is when we cut to the wide shot of Black Adam throwing that guy like 400 feet in the air. And he goes, ah! <laughs> oh, when Dr. Face, like, bring him back, I'll tear open his mind and get the information we need. No, I think That's it's, right. I think it's, no, I think it's earlier on, like when he first wakes up and he's in that tomb or whatever, or he, and he just like throws, throws a guy, guy straight up through the hole in the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, we, we right. and we cut out like three kilometers away, and you just see him like fly way yeah. up, and you can hear him like. And I was just like, and it, yeah, wow, okay. talk this, about yeah. early two thousands comedy shticky stuff, like Fantastic this, Four this, style. In the same vein, garbage. I think him always breaking through walls instead of using the obvious door that's two feet over. It was funny the first time. Yeah, that. Like when he busted through the door, the kid's wall, and like he's just walking. That made actually, sense. Floating, that was really cool. Walking and pushing the pushing door. the couch. Yeah. That was really cool. It's like it's not even slowing him down. That was cool. But then he does it like there's the window right there, and he busts through the yeah. wall. There's Dr. a door Fate right is there, like, and he busts. Through I guess the they wall. didn't have doors in your time. It's like yes, they did. Yeah. That's how we entered rooms. That shtick got yeah, got old, old so fast. It got old. <laughs> yeah. Um, our villain, Ishmael. Who becomes rather demonic? Becomes Sabak. Sabak. Which uh, is that was, a comic book? Is that something you're familiar with? I, I am like yeah, DC. I'm going to Google it real quick here. It must be. It's got to be. There's no way they they made the main villain someone who's not in the comics. Uh, looks like he is. Yeah. 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 He's got to be. I thought he was cool. Yeah. But also like. 
No. So, okay. He was cool visually. Yeah, he was created in 1943, so. Wow. Yeah, he's that's, been around uh, for a while. That's but he's, yeah, demonically he, progressive for the 40s. Yeah, they did oh, some we're crazy all like, stuff in comics in still, the 40s. We were still bloodletting back then. Um, he didn't have any, like, so he was cool to look at. Visually, he was fine. He had a yeah. cool set of powers and was fun in a fight. But aside from I'm the heir to the king, I don't know. They did a real poor job at like setting him up, like really giving us an understanding of his what's compelling him to be like that. Like it, it basically boiled just down to I'm a power hungry dick. Yeah. And I want to be the king. Yeah. And like there was no there was no hardship that he went through in his past. There was no emotional connection for us to have. Yeah. Well, if, like, it felt like also the way he kind of starts and tries to explain it to the kid at one point. Yeah. It feels like maybe he didn't understand ex- completely what he was about to do cuz he wanted to make his kingdom free and rule it yeah. with an iron fist. Yeah. Okay. You're doing a little bit more than that, taking on this power. <laughs> and, and once you take on this power, like Dr. Fate says, like he's, it's going to burn the world if we don't stop him. He, he felt very, and again, I, I keep using this example, but he felt very like Dr. Doom from the original fantastic four. Like it just felt like a, a two dimensional, flashy yeah i want to rule There's, the world there, there kind of villain of, yeah he 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 was a bad um he's a bad an, villain antagonist it's just yeah. a bad villain like this i think this was maybe the writers felt like stuck between a rock and a hard place here because normally black adam is an antagonist yeah he's he's very much like a doctor doom in the comics or like namor in the comic he he is a villain, like 80, 90% of the time. Yeah. But the other 10, 20, 15, 20% of the time, he just wants to protect his country. Yep. And he doesn't care. He's going to do that however however he sees fit. What um, do you... What, so, like, it almost seemed like they were trying to set him up as the antagonist. Yeah. Instead of the protagonist for yeah. the film, having the JSA come in. But it just didn't... And then all of a sudden, now he's the protagonist and yeah i think there was some so they confusion. had to have an antagonist for him to fight and um yeah, yeah. what do you, what, this is may seem like a weird question but what do you think of like the color palette and the color grading of these dc films when it starts out and we're like back in is it kuwait is that the Kuwati name of the co- name like of the that? country yeah. um and it's it's, it's like four, five thousand years ago. It's like gray washed out. It's got this, but then everything's got like this weird glow to it, and the background is like feels intentionally fake. Like it feels like intentionally fake sky compositing. Um, and, or it's and, just bad CG. And, well, but this is this is a this is a style that is consistent with the DCU films. Like it is the look of. Batman v Superman. Yeah. It is the look of Justice League. It is the look of Aquaman. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times the colors are a little washed out. Aquaman was a little more vibrant. It's a little more vibrant, and this film gets there. Like at some point, I feel like the color they just sort of like fade to a nicer color tone. Yeah, but 
I don't know. But uh, I visually, I don't think it it works. Yeah, I, I, I'm when it comes to things like music and visuals, I, I, I don't pay as much attention to that. I'm, I'm a. I'm more heavy in the story. Oh, normally I don't pay attention to the visuals like that really either, but it like, I couldn't help but notice it. The flashback scenes I noticed it was blatantly obvious. Yeah. And it's okay to do something like stylistically like this, this depicts the fact that we're in a flashback, but it just felt like more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, What was I going to say? Something about something. Surely. (laughs) Oh, um, no, no, that's not it. What, what did you, how did you feel about the Electrium storyline? I don't even know if this is a real thing in the comics. Um, for me, it felt like cool, they were ripping then, off a, a vibranium feel. Yeah. Like, cause that's where the bikes got their powers and some of the vibranium weapons. or, um, adamantium. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sort of cool, but then also, like, I feel like you set up something really cool and then just didn't do anything with it. Yeah. You didn't take it anywhere. You're like, oh, this is what the helmet's made out of. Or the, the crown. Okay, cool. Well, not just the, yeah, the crown specifically, but then, the, like, they use it in the, the bikes have the abilities that they do because of it. Yeah. Uh, the weapon that hurts him right at the very beginning hurts him because it's made out of it. It's but it some did. Kind of it had that like rock. Wakanda vibranium. Yeah. We have this. It is. It's a resource only found in this country. And that advances technology immensely and yeah, nobody knows and, about it. And, and, and this is the only country with it. Yeah. And unlike how indeed the, the Wakanda, how they've used it to hide themselves away and protect themselves. This country has been essentially raped and pillaged for its yeah. resource of which is this mineral yeah so what i was going to ask what i remember now is i think one of the m- things that feels really messy about the dceu right now is like obviously they're trying to connect a lot of things together with amanda waller yeah and i just don't know if it's working for me like when waller popped up on the screen i was like here we go and yeah, she's the one putting together the team to yeah and it's to- the same shtick every time and it's like why is this an inco- like wh- okay well, so this first is happened ta- i thought she was putting together a, a suicide squad oh, she's like i've got task force <laughs> task task force x and i'm like oh, okay shit we're gonna see like deadshot or something yeah no no, just a whole like the JSA. Okay. She, somehow she's pulling the JSA strings. Yeah, so uh, that yeah, I don't know. That, I don't, that the whole Amanda Waller thing. Amanda Waller within a Suicide Squad movie is fantastic because yeah. she's ruthless and she's brutal and she's intimidating. And did I say ruthless? <laughs> and uh, but when you start pulling her out into some of this other stuff, like I don't know. Like the end of, and, and, and it seems incoherent. Like the post credit scene from Batman v Superman shows Bruce meeting with Amanda Waller in like a diner or a cafe, whatever, because something's coming and it's not good. And that Bruce is like, um, you know, we got to put a team together or whatever. And that was the tease to Justice League. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Waller doesn't show up once in Justice League. So it was like a setup that was like, oh, okay, you're involved, but you're not. Yeah. So I don't know. 
like the Waller stuff is kind of all over the place. In the for comics me. and cartoons, she's she usually plays a not like a true antagonist. Yeah. To to the heroes, but she is antagonistic in that she causes as many problems as she fixes. She's yeah, because I mean, she doesn't believe. She's kind of, she's of the, she's very governmental mindset that they can't trust the heroes. They and the, the state should have its own super powered enforcement to protect itself and not rely on. Well, she sees everything as a justifiable means to an end, or and a threat. Yeah, a potential threat, kind of yeah. like Batman, which is why she usually has a lot of respect yeah. for Batman. Yeah, Batman's a little less like of a ba- dick about it, though. Well, when you come up come up with a plan to take out every one of your teammates, you're you're a pretty big dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's just intelligence. I don't know. <laughs> He's had to use a lot of those techniques. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else you got written down? Uh, oh, I, let's talk about what you wanted to talk about the the Black Adam's son, the father son. Yeah. Brand. Okay. So yeah. Little did, deviation. Did you did you buy into that storyline? In like, did I enjoy it? Is that uh, what you're... Did you enjoy it? And did you believe like, it? Did you fall? Like, did you did you see the twist coming? I didn't see the twist coming. Really? I saw it coming right from the beginning. Yeah. No, I didn't see the twist coming at all. Um, and I think because I didn't see it coming, I liked it. Yeah. I wonder if I would have liked it less if it felt predictable. I've. It was, for me, it felt extremely predictable. Okay. Because right from the flashback, I could tell that that was a CGI'd rock on somebody else's body. Yeah, and I missed that in the beginning. Like in the, in well, in, so are we talking about the opening of the film? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when, I, the, when the kid is like, yeah, steals I, the thing. And yeah, and he's like, oh, my, my son, he's like, do you want the king's gift as well? And and he's like, no, my yeah, son as soon doesn't. As that whole scene, I'm like, that's I didn't the rock. See him. That's yeah, the rock. I, I missed We see that. enough of it. We don't see a full face reveal. We see enough of the face and the shoulder. And it's not his body. No. But I, I immediately was like, that's the rock. It was weird seeing Little Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm calling him. <laughs> Little Rock. Little Rock. Yeah, yes, it was weird. So I, like, I immediately was like, oh, he's going to get the power given to him by his son yeah see and i yeah so i missed that entirely and because of that i liked it yeah i didn't mind it it less i didn't mind it um yeah i don't think it from what i understand of um black adam yeah he 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 there is no son story in the original no it's a deviation comics so it's a bit of a deviation but it works it adds some depth it works it adds some character some conviction you know like the original, he, he didn't fight the tyrant to free the kingdom. He yeah. fought, he, he destroyed the tyrant out of rage and revenge and was locked away. And and I think that's the thing. Listen, like when it comes to adding this type of thing to the characters in these films, some of these characters are like, when if we talk about like OG characters, like we're talking like Batman, and Superman and Wonder Woman and all this stuff, right? Captain America, so on and so forth. Some of these characters were approaching a hundred years. Yeah. And when some of these characters were made, now, the characters that are popular are sort of like our tentpole characters. I've had so many comics 
and movies and video games and television shows and stuff like that that has come out that it uh, it helps flesh out these characters and they become really rich and they become really deep. However, when a lot of these characters were first written, when comics were happening back in the day, much like movies, much like comic book movies from 20 years ago, they were fun, they were exciting, they were funny, they were interesting, but they weren't the deepest of characters. They weren't these like fully oh, the re- fleshed the writing out. from comics and the, it's changed dramatically, yeah, right? Like way and, back in the 40s. And so some of these <laughs> not, characters, not the some of these characters, yeah. if they're not like Batman, obviously Batman has had all, all the, co- the the page time that he needs in order to be really rich, yeah. really deep. Um, some of them need some fleshing out. A yeah. perfect example so, of this is Mr. Freeze. We were talking a little while ago that the whole Nora is sick and we got to find the cure and we got to do all this stuff. That's an invention of the animated series, which is something. It, which is another perfect example I love of like, well, this like double standard where the fans saw something being put into an animated show that was n- like a total deviation from the comics, and the fans were like, "Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. From now on, that's that's <laughs> that's what it is now. That's canon. <laughs> that's that's the new thing. Yeah, screw everything else. Yeah. Nora, well, Nora." I it's think, like, well, pick it, stop picking and choosing. I've, probably a large part of that is, uh, might have to do with trust being built too. Sure. Right. Like, I don't know how, what, what, at what season Mr. Freeze was introduced to the Batman animated series, but you know, it was, it was a hit from right out the, right out the get, right out the gate. Yeah. So, <clears throat> DC hasn't, I don't think, has done a great job of building that trust with the the core base of the fandom. Not in their not in their cinematic films. That's no. what I'm saying. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. But yeah, for, so for me, I I think it worked for the film. Yeah. But where it didn't work, and this is I think where the Rock kind of at, at playing the character kind of fell apart for me too was I never felt like Black Adam was menacing. Like the Maybe, look the, the not look even a little at the beginning when he's like he's like a little out of touch with everything and he's just like all he sees he's just seeing red. Uh, he's just like in murder mode. For for whatever reason, no. Okay. Like the look when I see the see the rock on the screen as Black Adam <coughs> I'm. He seems likable, not menacing. Oh, I mean, as the Rock, he's the, the most charismatic guy in the that's, world. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. When I think of the the animated portrayal of Black Adam in the Justice League animated uh, shows, he looks menacing. Now he looks more like a, an elf. He's got like pointy ears, yeah, the pointy and really ears. sharp, the hair, the slicked back. Yeah. Black really hair. sharp black hair. He looks menacing. Yeah. He never felt menacing to me. And, and I think because I picked up on, Oh, he's doing this. He, he's, he's more of a vengeance character because yeah. his son died. That doesn't seem, that's not a menacing character trait for me where, Oh, He's power hungry and he wants to rule the kingdom with an iron fist because to keep it safe. 
kind of Doctor mm-hmm. Doom esque. That's more menacing yeah. than doing this because my son and gave I, me the power and died in the process. And I mean, I think it's it really just boils down to that next to the Rock, even Santa Claus looks like a dick. Like <laughs> the Rock yeah. is so charismatic. So, so that that that's one of my other little nitpickies. Yeah, that's is, fair. I never felt like Black Adam was menacing. Not yeah. not ever. Yeah. For mm-hmm. for those two reasons. Something that, you know, like I said, there were definitely moments in this film that did feel like 2007 comic book films. Yeah. And that sucked. Um, it's missing some some character development. There were many times where they're like, you know, who wants to learn about our characters? Let's just have them break some more stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but something that I felt like, I was like, yes. Like when this happened, I was like, I'm like squinting looking at the i saw this in imax by the way so it was like nice and loud and real big screen and like the opposite end of the spectrum the opposite of what the local hand yeah the little little cardboard (laughs) box with the the puppets in it um yeah uh it's a moment when i was like like leaning forward and like studying the screen and, I think I know what you're And they don't say. give anything away. They were like very tight-lipped about it. And I hope that it's not just like, well, let's not really give any detail because we don't plan on doing anything with this. I hope they plan on doing something with this. But when Black Adam is locked up, submerged yeah. underwater, All there's a the lot of other tanks. Pods. All varying sizes, varying too. Sizes. There's some that are really big. There's and some I'm that like, are normal who size. is in Exactly. These that was pods. a note I had. It's like, who are these people? Yeah. But yeah, they're all like redded out, so you can't you can't see anybody. And so that, to me, that felt like, ooh, this is something Marvel would do. Yeah. This this is like a... A tease. This is a tease. Well, Mar- this is something Marvel that gets would actually excited. show you characters, though, that yeah, they're planning maybe. on using. I maybe, think. or they'd give you at but. least a little bit more of a of of a hint, like kind of like um, in No Way Home, where we're getting silhouettes in the clouds yeah. of like you know, oh, there's Scorpion, there's Rhino, there's you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was that was a moment where I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, really I had cool. like a set of binoculars, and I, I'm like, I stood st- up scanning look, the screen. I sat up in my seat and looked, leaned forward, yeah. and looked. A but there's closer. nothing you can't, yeah. you can't make anything out. But that, which is a shame. But I hope they, Very I cool hope scene. that's not because they're like, oh, let's not do anything with this. I yeah. hope they do something with it. But yeah, what else you got in your your book of notes there, a girl? Notebook. What do I got? Um, Did you? You were sitting in the movie theater, like. Scribbling down in a notebook. Well, my notes are just like one word notes. No, that's so. fine. I appreciate <laughs> but, that, and I appreciate it be- for two reasons. One is because it's dedication, and two because anyone who saw this thinks you're an idiot, and I like that. <laughs> I, I, that's well, yeah, that's good. Um, I wrote. I mostly just wrote names down so that I would remember the names of certain things, right? Uh, and then scribbled some notes when the film was over. Uh, the other one of the things I. I liked the the way they they portrayed Doctor Fate's m- m- magic. Mm-hmm. That sort of that like yellowy, transparent, yeah. kind of a force fieldy type yep. type thing. Um, we've seen a lot of magic in a superhero movies recently because of um, Doctor Strange. So seeing something a little bit different take on superhero magic was pretty cool. I was a little disappointed they they didn't use the onk uh mm. it is represented on his chest and his, chest. In his, in his super suit 
Uh, <laughs> Where's my super suit? <laughs> yeah. But uh, they don't. Yeah. It, and this is this is not an important nitpick. It doesn't take away from the character. Right. But like in the comics or, or in, in the animated series, I mean, that I'm very familiar with. Yeah. Anytime he uses the magic, it's usually in the form of an onk. When he mm-hmm. an onk, when he creates a force barrier, it's a big onk that it's kind of invisible that people can't get through. And yeah, yeah. So I thought that would have been cool for him to kind of create magical onks and use them some at some point or another to kind of like bring down and lock people up. Or, yeah. But that I thought the way they did it was also really cool. So to uh, talking about Dr. Fate, two part question for you. Did you, for a character that we were just introduced to and got so little time with a, do you, did you feel his sacrifice? Like, mm. Did you emotionally feel him dying? And B, are you surprised slash supportive of, their decision to kill him or do you think wow that was like you you've basically just decided that dr fate is not going to be a part of the dceu apparently so answering the second question you could have killed off adam smasher and cyclone (laughs) and that would have been sad and we would have been like it's okay doesn't matter so dr the fact that dr fate is dead doesn't bother me because surprising though uh, it's like a it's like a no because a lot of potential te- with this character. Technically, the character is Dr. Fate is not dead. No, the helmet the, lives the, on. And- at, uh, Pierce Brosnan's character, uh, what was his name? Kent. Uh, Kent, something like that. Kent is dead, but uh, Dr. Fate is not. Yeah. Because the, the Dr. Fate like I was saying earlier, is the helmet. I hope they don't so come. The helmet will choose another character, another person to be its host yeah and will essentially possess them after hawkman if, if they if they port, go with kind of the canonical use of do, who dr fate is after hawkman doing a little bit of dr fate magic at the end I there thought i he hope was they gonna don't become, yeah i, I thought he don't. was gonna become dr fate I really for a second i was like oh man what yeah don't combine that well not not combine but like no, but they would be essentially, um, if he an, became Dr. Fate, they would be combining his character. Yeah, there's an iteration of of Hawkman where he's just a normal human being that's gotten f- or f- either found or created yeah. wings. Which is clearly, with the beating that he and, takes from Black Adam, this is clearly not what not, this not is. Not necessarily the case, yeah. But if, if that was, then, you know, like, oh, well, yeah. he, he ceases to be Hawkman and now he's Dr. Fate and somebody else can take Kind of like the, the Falcon, man. Captain America thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I don't, in terms of uh, it being a stupid thing to sac- kill off this character, no, because they can, Dr. Fate can still come back in yeah, the who movie. You, who do you want to play Dr. Fate other than, you'd be like, oh, well, we'll just get someone else to play him. And and someone, someone on set must have been like, get Leonard Nimoy. But Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I don't know why I said Leonard Nimoy because I said it earlier. Yeah, what other James Bond are you going to have? <laughs> Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Well, he's been dead for like six years, so that would be very impressive. <laughs> Doctor Fate can do many things. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as the to sacrifice having weight, uh, not really. I no. felt like that was uh, 
that that um, that happening was kind of telegraphed. Y- yeah, like he keeps seeing Hawkman dying. Uh, but yeah, so he yeah, I feel like well, not even foreshadowed. I felt like they telegraphed it. Right, like, like flat out told you. Yeah, it's like I feel like okay, he's he's not going to let Hawkman die. He's going to take his place. Um, so there was that, and also like we talked about earlier, the character development was a little weak, and yeah. therefore I didn't care as much about the characters. I so it it had an impact on me only because of Hawkman's clear emotional like i wasn't like that was oh, good no, i don't want to lose then, dr that's, fate that's like we said hawkman had a great character progression yeah great yeah we, we were a little bit more attached to him because he had progression he had yeah uh, so good storyline so the sacrifice hit me but because i was feeling it through hawkman mm. not because i was like i don't want to lose dr fate right i'm in the back of my head i'm like really you're gonna kill him yeah. Kill literally anybody else here. Kill Black <laughs> Adam. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Kill, kill the main character. Kill, yeah. Well, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Do you have anything else that is pressing oh, that you, Let's before see. we talk about the post credit scene? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. That's. Okay. Yeah. Post credit scene. Listen. Post-credit scene. My theater, when I watched it, throughout the film, they were not an interactive audience there was no laughter there was no booing there was no it wasn't a very full theater i'd say it was maybe like a third full um and yeah it was just like you know it was what it was a couple people came in late some people got up and walked out like it was just yeah it was like a whatever this was not a no way home theater Mm -hmm. and then the post-credit scene came and I was very surprised because when he steps out of the shadows, when Henry Cavill comes forward, donning that Superman outfit, which, by the way, my God, is he an incredibly attractive specimen. Is he not? Oh, my I, gosh. I like him. He's like, a great guy. Like, I, I typically, on the spectrum that is sexuality, <laughs> I would say I'm fairly heterosexual, but I, you oil up Henry Cavill for <laughs> me, I don't, I, I don't know what I would yeah. do. Now, my theater erupted mm. with with cheering and clapping, and I was like, "Yes!" I had two teenagers behind me going Thank like, you. "Woo!" Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my theater got very excited, and that warmed my heart. That was good. That was like, you know, good to see. Um, I thought it's. I thought the post credit scene is really, and this is not usually the case, but this is like one of the best parts of the movie. Um, his interaction with Waller. Spot on. Waller's trying to, as Waller would do, she's trying to put a collar and a leash on anything that is stronger and more powerful than she is. Anything that's threatening to country or Earth. Black Adam tells her to shove it. And she says, okay, like, I will bring bring in something to keep you in check. And he's like, there's nothing on this planet that can keep me in check. And as this, like, getting my... I got the goosebumps are starting when she's like, oh, I will... I'll bring in something from off-world. And I'm like, yeah, you will. (laughs) Knowing what was coming. Right. Uh, And so then Henry Cavill shows up pretty damn quick that it's like, you know, that's a pizza in under 30 minutes or less. (laughs) And... Well, Waller obviously had him teed up. 
Well, or or not. I mean, oh, how long is it going to take him to get there? If he, he's somewhere, no matter where he I is on the planet, he's, he's going to yeah. be there. And um, so he shows up and steps out of the shadows. And I think, like I said, I think, you know, A, I stand by from a business only standpoint from a putting butts in seats and building excitement for the general audience moving forward. It's the right business call. From a narrative standpoint, I do think it really works. I think Waller, I think, I think if you set it up, cause we didn't know, we didn't know why Superman was coming, No, but if it's because Waller's called him in because she feels threatened by black Adam and she needs, she's going to try to keep black Adam in check with Superman, which is great because Superman's only going to listen to Waller so far as well, yeah. right? He's not, he, Superman ain't no one's bitch. And so, I don't know. I think it worked. I was very excited about it. My God, does he look good. And I am so, so excited. And I'm not even, look, I in the Batman versus Superman thing, like Emily Mater, who's on the show all the time, is a big Superman supporter. And I've like built a character around hating on superman superman's friggin baller man he is yeah. like he is one of the greatest superheroes ever conceived he's fantastic he's he is Canadian. he's but here's the thing it's like it is what'd you say it was created by canadians oh is he yeah um he is like one canadian he is our go-to he is so iconic that one could easily say yeah but superman's powers are pretty boring they're like your generic superhero powers like he's super strong he can fly he's got laser vision you know blah 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 like this is just he's got like a pretty basic set of powers but that all comes he's only you only think he's got a basic set of powers because superman has informed our understanding of superheroes. He he is the base model for that understanding. Yes. That's where that understanding comes He's from. He's so damn iconic. Yeah. So talk to me about the post-credit scene. I was so jazzed. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um even knowing it, even knowing what was coming, it, it was worked. still flipping good. It, yeah, Henry Cavill, awesome. Suit awesome. The scene the scene worked. Yeah. Big pecs. I will I will I'll agree with you. It worked Yum. great. Um <laughs> the interaction between Superman and him yeah. and Black Adam as short as it was just Superman being it's like short. we should have a talk yeah. <laughs> um, which I love because it's such a subtle way of saying you don't want beef with me Yeah. anyway <laughs> I have beefs with this okay as well all right Waller says she's gonna call him. in a favor okay what the hell does she have over Superman oh, who knows like what how does Superman owe her a favor? It's a figure of speech. No, it's not. We're talking about Amanda Waller. She has something on Superman. Yeah, that's fair. What is she it? She probably knows he's Clark. Like but, that would be easy for her to I would I would not put that past I so guess. she's so which means actually she's blackmailing him. Yeah. But so which that, is about the only way that you could control Superman. That bothers me a little bit. Because he's not going to kill you to get rid of you so um, that you're not a problem. And <laughs> he really doesn't want everyone knowing he's Clark Kent. Yeah. So that's that works. The, the other thing is, she mustn't know about Shazam. Probably not. Maybe not. Because, and it seems like nobody else really understood, like, 
it sounds like everybody throughout this film, everybody seems to understand Black Adam and where his powers come from. Right. The wizards. But they, Which was another kind of bullshit stretch, like everyone knows about the wizards and but, stuff. But if that's the case, how do they not know about Shazam and in this well, world of other side heroes? Of the world. And how do they... How does... Like... And like it would be so just as easy to forget having Waller talk to this guy and just have Shazam show up. Yeah, but right? you wouldn't want that to be such a short interaction that like Yeah, I don't know. Black Adam hanging out in the castle and Shazam shows up and he's like, Hey, so the the well, I guess the wizards are gone, so Shazam can't even talk to them. Have you seen, uh, and I'm guessing the answer is no. Have you seen the tra- uh, any trailers for Shazam 2? No. Okay, so the reason they wouldn't do that is because it does not make sense with where they're taking Shazam's character. Which, the which entire just theme, feels like... No, the entire theme of the Shazam 2 trailer is him feeling like... He, he, said, he like monologues narrating the trailer, and he's like, I, f- I kind of feel like a fraud. Like, I don't, I don't deserve to be a hero. Like, I'm not, I don't, I just kind of stumbled into these powers and I'm nobody special and I'm not. Mm. So it does, it, w- it would be totally off brand to have him then show up and be like, I am going to be an authoritative figure in this situation. But by the, that, that feels off brand based on what I remember of the, how the first movie ended. Cause the whole, fir- the full first movie was him coming to terms and learning his powers and learning that he can't do it alone and that he's part of the, his family is yeah but we live we live in a complex age of superhero storytelling where some time passes yeah. and doubt creeps in surely you've had that you've been like oh this is my plan and this is what i'm doing and i feel really good about it and then a couple hours or a couple weeks later you're like I, I always know what I'm doing because I never know what I'm Cause, doing. Because you're married, <laughs> and so you're told what you're doing. Uh, no, I, you know, I'm. It, I like it. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I will give them the benefit of the doubt. Yep. I still think it's the wrong choice. That there's not going to be. I don't think anybody's going to change my mind on that. That's fine. I feel like the only Shazam thing that two's will... gone the wrong direction, and Black Adam should be in Shazam. Well, you're 2. in the wrong line of business, then, man. You got to get your ass down to L.A. and <laughs> start writing start scripts, getting on this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's only one thing to ask you. Yeah. On a scale of zero to ten. Well, I think walking out of it, I think I would have rated it higher if you asked me right at the beginning of the podcast sure. but yeah, you've had time to talk have, through it having a nice lively discussion about oh, it thank you uh i think i'd rate it a little i'm gonna end up rating it a little lower okay I, i'll give it a six okay that's respectable six out of ten yeah it's still good it's still worth watching you know uh i, I would say if, if you like comic book films go watch it in the theater yeah. um if you're not but you but you like watching them casually uh, at yeah. home then definitely rent it yeah or wait for it to hit a streaming service yeah cool yeah how about you i would have said the same as you i would have said six out of ten not garbage certainly wasn't great not oscar worthy not 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 even like i don't know 
still better than Thor The Dark World, but not better than much else in the way of Marvel. I I think as far as as far as MCU or as far as DCEU films, I liked the first Suicide Squad better than most people did. I really liked the second Suicide Squad. Oh my gosh. Um Man of Steel I think is one of the most underrated comic book films of all time. It gets a lot of hate. I think it's a freaking it's a really good movie. Uh Batman v Superman is better with a director's cut. Still not amazing. Uh, Justice League, the theatrical edition. Eh. Snyder cut. Oh, baby. That makes me so sad. Not mad. There's fans yeah. out there are mad. And I think, again, mad fans over something like this is toxic as shit. But I'm sad that we won't see Snyder's vision for where he was taking this. Um, Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman amazing film yeah wonder woman 84 what the hell happened <laughs> yeah i what watched that i just watched that this past weekend with emily and it was it was a little off it felt off brand from after after the first one yeah i think the word that i would use um is uh bad but <laughs> so Shazam, pretty pretty great movie. Yeah, a lot of it was fun. a lot of fun. Uh, Aquaman, I think Aquaman was probably a really good film. He's a character I don't care about. I think he's cool as when he's like part of a, a lineup. Hmm. When he's part of the Justice League, it was pretty cool. I don't, I'm not interested. Like I don't need to see him do his own thing. You and I are going to end up reviewing Aquaman too. I'll do it because I gotta, you know, if it ever comes out. Hopefully it, yeah. <laughs> um, of that list. I would definitely place Black Adam above Wonder Woman 84. And I would probably p- place it above Aquaman only because like in I would place it above Aquaman in a list of movies that I'm likely to want to sit down and watch. Again, just because I don't care about Aquaman. I do think Aquaman's probably a better film from like a, a character development and storytelling standpoint. So yeah. on and so forth. But so I, I would give so. it a six. But that flipping post-credit scene, man, <laughs> bumps it up to a six point nine. I can't give it a seven. Yeah, I can't give it a seven. You give it, you but give I can it get point, it as close you give it as a I point can. Point nine bump. Yeah, because of one less than a minute scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so listen, that is our spoiler review of Black Adam. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Listen, so this is the way. This is the way that new releases are going to kind of work for a while. There are some films that our friend Peter is quite interested in and he will go see them avatar 2 being one of them um we're gonna go see him we're gonna sit down we're gonna watch and we're gonna review him it's gonna be the way that it always was there's going to be some films like mcu like some big tentpole ant-man and the wasp quantum mania type films that it's gonna be so lost when he eventually he'll be so lost you won't understand he'll be like (laughs) what 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 the hell is a disney plush um but me, Pete, and Carl will sit down and we'll review those because, like, you know, it's the it's the A B team, it's the abs, um, something that neither <laughs> Carl or I have, but that's fine. Um, and then there will be have some, one. <laughs> yeah, I got one. <laughs> it's bulging. Uh, <laughs> then there'll be some films like this, um, like pretty much anything. Uh, th- there's there's a collection of films that are going to be probably just Carl and I because they're just not films that Pete are interested in. Um, but I I feel like are important films for us to cover. Um, so obviously this was one of them. 
um, the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. What is it? Across the Spider-Verse? Um, the animated. The animated yep. the Miles Morales one. That'll be one of them. That'll be a fun um, movie. Pretty much any of the Sony Spider-Man universe stuff. Um, so like Craven the Hunter. When Craven the Hunter comes out, that'll be something Carl and I jump on. Yeah, Pete's like... I. I don't Who know. the hell's Craven? Yeah. Where's where's my Toby Maguire? Isn't that that restaurant in Hanover? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see Toby Maguire. Um, so, like, having gone back, Carl and I would have done stuff like Venom 2 together. We would have done Morbius together. So, those are the types of films. Probably a lot of the DC uh, stuff. Some of the Marvel stuff, if it's something that Pete just doesn't, like, can't get around to watching or really just get, doesn't give a shit about. Um, and then, like I said, Carl and I are covering a lot of the we're going to cover the star wars shows the marvel shows um there is if you do like so pete and i just wrapped up our rings of power review mm-hmm. and it's not guaranteed yet but on the whiteboard of of things that are coming up in the podcast um there is a a, a reasonable chance that pete and i are going to take on the uh national treasure series that is coming out Ooh. yeah so that'll be that will yeah, be interesting. That's going to be a thing. Yeah. Which I'm hoping, I said to Pete earlier, I'm really hoping, like, I think that show deserves to stand on its own and be its own thing. But knowing that it takes place in the continuity of the films, uh, I really hope this first season of this show is just one big setup to a season finale cameo by Nick Cage and the ultimate setup for this is what we're doing with the third movie. Like, I hope it's just like, I hope it comes out. And then the next morning, it's all the major trades are running with like, oh, we have our title for National Treasure 3. Have you seen Uncharted yet? Uh, the Tom Holland one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did not like it. No. Oh. Yeah, I didn't really like it. And Alan Ungar, who is the, the director that Pete and I have got an upcoming episode with, he did, I'm sure you've seen this. He directed a 20-minute fan film of Uncharted. Oh, in like really? 2018, starring Nathan Fillion. Oh, really? You oh, you gotta oh. check this out. It is it is yep, the superior Uncharted. Send film. me a link. Yeah, I will. Yeah, it's so good. It's so I freaking Nathan good. Fillion. Nathan He's Fillion playing Drake. Yeah, he was like years ago when when there were only like one or uh, either after the first game or the second game yeah. that people were touting him to be. And I haven't played the games because I've never been a PlayStation person. I've played almost all of them. Yeah, but I still just, like, from just, like, a a simple, like, action-adventure, the Tom Holland one didn't do it for me. I enjoyed it. There were a few things in it that were kind of, like, I think they messed up on. I don't, but, like, the the casting of Sully, I thought, was way wrong. That was uh, Mark Wahlberg's character? Yeah. Yeah. I just I I just want Nick Cage and I want to find out what's on that page in the President's <laughs> Secret book. That's all I need in yeah. my life. That's all I want for Christmas. Yeah. You don't care about any other treasure. No. Thank you for listening. Check out our links below our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, merch. We got Christmas merch coming. Speaking yeah. of speaking of Christmas, we got the reindeer undies. Straight up we we've got stockings coming. Like they're not undies, but okay. Well, you could you cut holes in them <laughs> properly. What 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 was I just watching? What was I just watching? Christmas, where there was a joke in it. A Christmas thing? No. What was I just because I don't want to like say it to you as if it's some brilliant thing 
that I was watching it today. There is a guard. There's a guy. He's locked up. Oh, geez. What the hell was I watching? Was it a movie or a show? Oh, it's from... It's from Bandit. It's from Bandit, because Pete and I are, are watching this Bandit for for the interview, right? Did you hear the joke, or did, did you hear about the guy that had five penises? No. His pants fit him like a glove. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good.